You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 40 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast, the show for December 2016, and I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts. Joining me today, I have uh, Nick Riley. Hi, Nick. Uh, hi, Bart. Nice to be back on. Pleasure to have you back, and uh, I should say to you and to the listeners and the new Toronto panelists who I'll bring on in a moment, Happy New Year to all, because we are recording this, although this is a show for December, we're recording this on the 2nd of January 2017. So 2016 is done killing famous people we like, which is nice. <laughs> now, also with us, and I'm not sure, I, I, I sometimes worry having this particular pair on as a pair, <laughs> but for better or for worse, we have Guy and Gaz from the My Mike podcast with us. Hi, guys. Hey. So how hey. you guys been? Doing okay. Uh, we recorded our first show of the year yesterday. Oh, and of of course it was a it was a stellar performance from both of us. So, you know that that's something everyone can look forward to. So, do you credit soundboard in your credits? Oh hell no! That that that's just me going off the cuff. I I do every single one of those effects just you know right right from the right from the heart. Oh. Anyway, let's let. Yeah, that's get... a total lie. <laughs> Let us get stuck into the December Apple news. So we have some follow-ups of previous stories that we should. I thought we should start with. So Apple have updated iOS so that it will collect more metadata about what the battery is up to in the hope that it will help Apple track down the mystery shutdowns that they now accept are happening to way more people than just those few serial numbers that they said it was happening to. Um, I think last time we spoke, I had discovered that my phone has indeed got such a serial number, and I do get the odd unexpected shutdown, uh, but I also don't have an Apple store, so I'm keeping my phone with me for a while, and uh, I don't know, if it gets worse, I'll get it changed or something, because I'll probably have to go without for a week, which won't make me happy. But as I say, in the meantime, Apple are trying to figure out what's going on by putting in more diagnostics into iOS. Now, which phone is that exactly? Well, the one is I that have... the brand new ones, or is that the some of the older ones? Well, I think the ones Apple say were officially affected are the 6S. I think my phone, yes, my phone is a 6S. Uh, yeah, it's the 6S series are, are the ones of, sorry, 6S is sold in September and October, I think it is, of last year, are the ones that are officially affected. Um, and they, Apple okay. had a thing where you could look up the serial number and lo and behold, my serial number is affected. Uh, but everyone has been saying, yeah, but we get this behavior too. Uh, so Apple have said that they need more data. And so this is their way of getting it, which I think is probably a good thing. Um, they haven't been particularly forthcoming on this, though. It's been like pulling teeth. But anyway. Well, I mean, it, it sucks that your phone shuts down, but there are worse alternatives right, that your phone fire. could do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't do that. So that, that that's good. That's a plus. Indeed. Uh, those in the US, uh, Apple promised single sign-on for your cable subscriptions, and Apple have delivered the capability for your cable companies to sign up for that. So you could say the service is launched, but if you judge whether or not something has been launched by how many companies are actually taking part, then you could say it hasn't launched. Um, take your pick on that. Uh, well, I, that's, that's, yeah. Am I the only person here in the U.S.? You're the only U.S. person. So, I, I mean, I don't even understand because over here we don't work with this concept of logging in with your cable company to get an app to work. That doesn't happen over here at all. Um, so is this is this affect you in a good way? Is this, you know? uh, yeah, it, it, the cable company I use, and I won't say who it is because uh, they don't pay me to do so on a podcast. Fair enough. But um, – so far, it seems to be working, but really, I mean, the whole issue comes down to cable companies trying to prevent people cutting the cords for as long as they possibly can because right. that's going to affect them financially. Oh, so you prove you're not a cord cutter by logging in with your cable company and then they'll let you use internet-based content. Right, right. Either that or for every single service outside 
of you know the the various channels that your cable company gives you if you're logging into them via uh your broadband connection hmm. then you have a you know probably G, uh, email address and some kind of password to go along with that right so you know the whole single sign on thing really only is for people that are getting their broadband and still have uh, a cable connection. Hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Hmm. Anyway, it's rolled out. They promised us, and here it is. Um, in theory. In theory. Now, speaking of phones catching fire, um, Samsung <laughs> have pushed out a software update whose sole function in life is to prevent fires by intentionally bricking Galaxy Note 7s. So that, I'm sure the six or seven people that still have them are going to be very upset about this. Apparently some people don't want to give them up because apparently if your one doesn't catch fire, it's actually quite a nice phone. So there are people who wish to hold on to them and it's probably for the better that this software update is being pushed out to drive these people towards, you know... Something else. Yeah, not having a little bomb in their pocket. It's just better for everyone. Uh, also, last time we mentioned that Apple had reduced the price on their USB-C dongles. That was due to end at the end of this month. The good news is Apple have extended those prices, or the discount pricing, until the 31st of March 2017. So you still have t- more time to buy cheap USB-C dongles. And then the last bit of follow-up, uh, we were promised Super Mario Run and Pokemon Go for the Apple Watch in time for Christmas, and they both delivered Super Mario Run with a bit more to spare, and I think Pokemon Go arrived like on the 23rd of December. But either way, they both got there just in time for Christmas. Um, Super Mario Run, though, came with some controversy. Um, you need an always-on internet connection or you can't play the sodding game. Uh, Which is stupid. Yeah, so stupid and so against my philosophy that you don't punish paying customers to attempt to fight piracy that I have, despite being very interested in the game, not bought it. And I will not. I'm not going to download it until they take that junk out. I'm just going to vote with my non-wallet. Although 40 million people did download it in four days. So clearly it's popular. But I mean, if this was uh, any kind of a runner game that didn't have Mario in it, would it have gotten 40 million downloads? God, no. I mean, this has been the year of nostalgia driving massive iOS. I mean, the two biggest games of the year are a Pokemon cartoon from when, a little after I was a kid, and the video game from when I was actually a kid. I mean, that is what is driving modern gaming in the mobile platform, which is bizarre in many ways. I guess it's, it's our money they want. Uh, anyone... well, who else's money would they want? Anyone on the panel bought either game? Played either game? Played it, not bought it. And? It's good fun. Um, quite enjoyable. But um, it's not enticed me to buy it, to be honest with you. It's, you know... I, I... You're just using the free the free uh, levels? Yeah, yeah, so far. So and far. If Mind you, were... I've got... Let, let, let me be honest. I've got to put Proviso in there. Obviously, okay. having, having moved... <laughs> it, it, my priorities are somewhere, somewhat elsewhere at the moment. <laughs> right? Yes, you have. You have a house that needs to become a home. Yes. So uh, don't take me for any, well, <laughs> any okay. reasoning as to not to buy it. But I, I have enjoyed playing it um, prior to the move when I downloaded it. And did the DRM play any role in your decision whether or not to, to fork out the ten bucks? To, to own it, it, has, it did it did pause me actually um i've got to agree with you there but it did make me think um really because uh there are lots of places we go where we don't have internet connection and you're not going to allow me to play it precisely at the time when i'm probably in no man's land wanting to do something now I mean, that's a that's a downer right and the, the biggest obvious example is i mean the whole point is you can play it with one hand so that you can play it while you commute I'm thinking, well, if you live in the greater London area, unless they have subterranean cell towers these days... Well, they do. They do. Virgin Virgin have actually got um, uh, basically Wi-Fi uh, available to everybody on the underground. Okay. Well, Wi-Fi is internet. Okay. Fair enough. Hmm. And we have Wi-Fi in planes if you're prepared to pay for it. But still, it's a a retrograde step. Although, having said that, I don't think they've got them on the trains. So I think they've only got them in the stations. But I could be corrected on that. 
<laughs> so you can play a level as you whiz by and then, oh, no, can't play the game for a while. Oh, and then we can uh, play again. Very often you stood in a stage. I'll get the next train. <laughs> but I'm going to get a really good score. I can't yes, I'm not. Train. I can't remember because I'm obviously not living in London. I, do, I don't do the, those commutes on a regular basis. So please somebody correct me if I'm wrong, which I could well be. There you go. Um, notable numbers. Just one caught my eye, and it comes with a slight warning label because it's from an analytics firm. So I'm sure the data is accurate, but of course an analytics firm does not see everything. They they have a specific view. But if Flurry are to be believed, twice as many iPhones were gifted to people over the holidays as Samsung Galaxies. And they seem to see a massive uptick in iPhone and not a corresponding uptick in Samsung Galaxy, so the assumption is that lots of people got iPhones under the Christmas tree and very few people got Samsungs under the Christmas tree, or at least half as many got Samsungs under the Christmas tree. Not surprising, really. Yeah, I, I, the, the iPhone is... It continues to be that sort of... The it phone. The it phone, yeah. yeah it's, it's, <laughs> well, not only that, Samsung's problems are going to put people off, aren't they? It doesn't matter whether they're mm. buying that particular phone. It's going to put people off Samsung phones generally. In general, yeah. yeah. Probably, actually, yeah, because in everyone's mind, you say what you say Samsung, and the next word in their head is fiery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the word association game. Anyway, it's yeah. Well, then you know, Amazon should have that problem. In a good way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they don't. <laughs> um. Let us move on to legal latest. So, Apple v. Samsung went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, where one might have thought it would end, but one would be wrong, because this is the court case that will never end. So, the U.S. Supreme Court were asked to decide whether or not the way the damages had been calculated was correct. So, it is no longer a question of whether or not Samsung infringed Apple's patents. That is now a legally certain fact. They did. The question now is, what should the penalty be for that transgression? And the way the lower courts had interpreted the law was that if a basically the unit for calculating damages was the whole finished phone, and therefore Samsung owed Apple based on the price of the entire phone, not based on any component of the phone, and the Supreme Court basically said, no, that seems like a really dumb way to interpret the law. It's an overly narrow interpretation. Uh, so you need to work off something smaller than that. So back down to the lower court it goes. So, of course, the Supreme Court didn't actually do the hard decision-making of how you should calculate the damages, just that you shouldn't calculate them like this. And so back down it goes to a lower court where they can have another go, and then Samsung can appeal it again, and he can go right back up to the Supreme Court again, and this may just never, ever, ever end. So, well, I'm hoping I'm hoping that by let's talk Apple 100 that this will finally be put to rest. That would be a nice present for our 100th show, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. It would. No, no doubt when it goes. No doubt when it gets round again, they'll then have an argument over over exactly how they're going to pay that money and in and in what coinage. Probably, God only knows. But anyway, it's <laughs> Zimbabwe dollars. So while Apple v. Samsung refuses to die, Nokia v. Apple has been resurrected from what we thought was the dead. Um, Nokia, together with Alcatel Lucent, have started a whole new patent war with Apple. They have filed thirty. They have filed lawsuits about thirty-two patents, which cover all of Apple's products, right up to and including the iPhone Seven. And they have filed those court cases in both Germany and the United States. So this is basically a full frontal assault. And hey, presto, we get the start all over again. So Nokia v. Apple will be a never-ending story like Apple v. Samsung, most probably. So that's that's just got... Well, is, is Nokia now an independent company again? Well, they, they never were not. They just sold they sold their existing mobile phone stuff to uh, to Microsoft, who have since stopped making phones... But they never actually stopped being a company. What were they selling? Very little. Um, they had some patents and things like that. But ah, yeah. So they've gone. They've gone from being a premier phone maker to a patent holder. Well, apparently they're starting back up on new hardware. I don't remember what it was, but they are working again on hardware. So <laughs> I think we may find that Nokia end up back exactly where Nokia were, only with Microsoft's money. 
and Microsoft have ended up without a phone because they cancel it, which is kind of weird and bizarre. And finally, in the legal latest, um, we've talked a few times over the years about an ongoing class action suit from Apple workers against Apple. These are store employees um, complaining that Apple basically broke labor laws um, and they have won a moral victory, uh, a judge ruled that they are (laughs) correct. And Apple have been ordered to pay $2 million, which sounds like that should be really good for the workers. However... They will collect a maximum each of $95. Yeah, that's uh, one one day's profit from each store, $2 million. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's okay, yeah, you've won the moral victory, but that that's pretty much all you've won, which is which is a bit sad. And the individual workers, they, that's that's almost an insult. Here have $95 to make up for years of being denied your breaks and stuff like that. It's ah. Anyway, look, that's it is what it is. And the way the way that Apple um, Apple's prices are going, ninety five dollars will probably buy you um, a, a cable, one of those cables to connect things together. Oh, you might get two dongles for it now with the cheaper prices. Yeah, <laughs> until March anyway. Until March, you get two dongles for this. Do we know how long they've been actually allowing the breaks? I don't. I assume I assume that they would would have obviously already. Uh, capitulated and, and started to allow them uh, as they should have done. Um, we don't know how far that. I hope so. Actually, it doesn't. It didn't say in the reporting on the register. I don't usually link to the register because I don't like the register. But that's that's where I got the story from. Uh, so I don't know is the answer. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least they've got them now. They can take them now. So. Yes. Uh, okay, well, with all that done, let us move into our main stories. We have four of them for this month, so let's start with the first one, which is sort of one of those Franken-stories that you get to do because this is a monthly show. So it is my hypothesis, my thesis, that there is no smartwatch market. There is, in fact, an Apple watch market, because if you're not Apple, you seem to be going out of business making smartwatches, and if you are Apple, you seem to be doing quite well at it. So this all sort of kicked off when IDC released some numbers which suggest a 71% year-over-year decline in sales of Apple Watch, which obviously sounded like really bad news, and the tech press immediately started ringing klaxons and proclaiming the doom of the Apple Watch, uh, which prompted Tim Cook to get off his keyboard, uh, or to (laughs) get onto his keyboard, and start typing an email to Reuters, where he did a sort of a, a very Amazon thing, uh, as Ken Ray would say, fun with numbers without numbers. What he said was that uh, Apple Watch is on sale to have its best quarter ever, and that in the lead-up to Christmas, the Apple Watch had its best week of sales in the history of the product. Doesn't well, that should, all, that, that should all come out when they, uh, when they do the quarterly report, because they always talk about those things. Except for the fact <laughs> that the Apple Watch is in under MISC. Yeah. <laughs> Along with everything else, yes. Yeah. Right. We made a lot of money. Thank you. I'll be taking your calls now. So what we can say is unless Tim Cook is lying, which is extremely unlikely because there are literally laws against that kind of thing when you're a public traded company. Yeah, absolutely. We can assume that the IDC numbers are incorrect and that there is some form of growth. Maybe it's 1%. <laughs> what, you know, Maybe they sold one more watch than they did in the best week last year. But it's definitely not worse than last year, because otherwise Tim Cook couldn't possibly have said that. So the the absolute worst case scenario would appear to be that Apple is holding its own, whereas everyone else is not. I wonder whether, and this is obviously where playing with numbers kicks in, mm. uh, and we'll never know this, um, but whether the numbers they're looking at, whether um, IDC have got numbers for the new phone, and Apple are including the sales of perhaps stocked older phones that they've got because they Rock they were going crazy people were going absolutely crazy on the the cheaper option of the older phones watch guys sorry did i say phone yeah, oh, about yeah, four watch, times watch. yes yeah watch 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 <laughs> watch watch there well yeah the, the series zero as we've all nicknamed that is doing pretty well isn't it or yeah. sorry no it's the series wait the series one well, is the, the old phone sold at a cheaper price. Sorry, watch, watch. Contagious. <laughs> 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 well, the series one has slightly updated internals. Yes. But other than that, it's it's exactly the same as the series zero, which is the true 
the original. first watch. Right. Wow, that's but I it's like so. The first one is zero. The second one is one, and the third one is the series two. Got it. Well, the, Clear the as first mud. second one is one, and the second second one is two. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that clears it up. But the older ones have been selling like hotcakes. Now, if they had a lot of stock of the right, because, and and those sales uh, have been going. Uh, gangbusters, then they will include those numbers into their their yes because Tim Cook did explicitly say sell through yeah which is to the end user so yeah so if they had been if they had a whole backlog of series zeros and that they've now all sold that is sell through and you did we did see lots of shops putting the older ones on sale so lots of people might have taken advantage of that so then they may have then started to order the new watch, but in much lower numbers because of the, the slow movement. But then, you know, they're, they're getting the sales of the older watch. I don't know. I'm pu- they're purely speculative. Yeah. Probably we're always going to get silly reports like this while Apple don't actually tell us how many they're selling. Yeah, but even even the stuff that Apple do tell us about in their quarterly reports, we still get silly stories about in the lead up to the quarterly reports. <laughs> That's true. Um, for context, uh, so how other people are doing. So in recent months, Google have delayed Android Wear 2 until 2017 sometime. And Motorola have basically said that they have no current plans to make a new smartwatch. But they're not giving up on smartwatches. They just don't have any plans to make any more. Uh, and poor Fitbit, or poor Pebble. Uh, well, they, they had a much worse December. Uh, but Pebble have... They had their software bits bought by Fitbit and they've promised to keep the servers running for people with existing Pebbles until, well, quote, through 2017. So I guess that means until the 1st of January 2018, probably. And, and then your watch will be worthless. And then your watch will be worthless and also all of their planned new stuff all gone. So I think people on uh, people who had funded them all got their money back and basically the Pebble is dead. Um, which is sad because I know... Well, I know a Pebble user, um, and he's very sad because he really likes his Pebble. Uh, yeah, whenever I heard anybody talking about the Pebble, they always, they always really enjoyed the usage of it. So, yeah, it, it, to me now it's it's a it's a it's a true nerd watch for true nerds. Yeah, if yeah. you used to have the Casio calculator watch as a kid, you probably want a Pebble. <laughs> <laughs> Except the Casio would still be working at the end right, of twenty seventeen. Yes. Well, that's if the little buttons didn't fall off, which is what always happened mine. Yeah, so what do people think? Do you think there's future in watches? Well, I mean, I think wearables in general, there's there's a future in it. Um, I think um, watches in in general aren't going away, and it's it's a piece of jewelry that you know both sexes can wear and enjoy. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know. I, Apple basically just sells the the two versions, a, a little one and a slightly bigger little one. So you've got the 38 millimeter and the 42 millimeter, neither of which neither of which I own. And you know, I use a watch to tell what time it is, and the rest of the functionality is in my phone. I, I still don't see the need for a smartwatch. Yeah, you see, guy, I I really would like to go down the route of getting one, and now they've become much more robust i.e. waterproof uh, that's the sort of reason i wear one before when i'm out and about doing my exercise uh, i know bart that you've been using yours anyway yes uh, and i don't but the, the problem is i'd want to use it when i was refereeing and i you can't protect it it's gonna get it's gonna absolutely get wet. soaked if it's raining so um i didn't particularly want to get one and i would be using it not just to tell the time though in those instances, I would definitely be using it to uh, give me indications because I've seen all sorts of apps that you can get for these things to you know, tell when you've got a yellow card, when you've got a red card, when someone's going off because all that sort of information you need as a referee. And right. most of the, the watches I use just obviously start and stop uh, and you have to remember to you know, do, keep the functionality going. So I really would fancy one for that perspective and then... I think once you've got it and you start utilising it, as I think you have, Bart, you find all of these little niches, which it does really well and just makes your life so much easier. Um, but I've not yet I've not yet tipped the boat and, and uh, dived in. Um, Maybe the Series 3 will, will pull you over the line. 
I think actually this one, this one is really close to uh, pushing me over the line, to be perfectly honest with you. And, and certainly, you know, the, the, everybody says about the software is superb. Now, as to watches in general, I don't think it's going to take um, the world by storm like the iPhone was, but it will be an important accessory, I think, to having an iPhone. Um, or if, if you're an Apple fan and you've got an iPhone and you enjoy technology, you're probably going to buy a, uh, a watch as well. Um, and there's a few people at work that have got them, which uh, those people have surprised me because they're not the sort of people I thought would get one. So there's a market out there, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, the, the gang busting, uh, runaway success that the iPhone was. And the referee's, the referee's gone for his, he's gone for his watch. watch, (laughs) And it's a red watch. It's a red watch. He's being sent off. (laughs) Sorry. You can change the band. So yeah, (laughs) red band bad. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't wear. A, I wore a watch as a teenager, and then I didn't wear a watch in my twenties and most of my thirties. And now I wear a watch again, which I didn't think I would ever wear a watch again. I thought those days had passed. But honestly, the the Apple Watch works for me. It works for me really, really well. Um, it was a big help in my losing uh, twenty six kilograms and counting in the last year. Um, oh, well done. Yeah, I I have got, I went from being medically classified as morbidly obese to being medically classified as healthy weight. Very good. Yeah, the word morbid didn't cheer me up at all. That <laughs> that was a good uh, incentive to do something actually. But no, the the watch made it possible because it actually could tell me what I was genuinely actually using in calories. No more guessing, no more rounding up because we're human beings and that's what we do. It's just cold hard numbers. And then tracking what you eat on the other side and making the cold hard numbers line up. And hey, presto, it's just physics. It, it, you know, it, it is just a basic equation. Calories in, calories out. But the watch actually genuinely measuring is what made the difference for me. Instead of the usual, oh, I'm sure I did a brisk walk. I think if you can count or measure something, you're much more induced to actually hit numbers then. Yeah, and you have to believe yeah. it. You have to believe that the numbers mean something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was, that's where I always went wrong because I'd say, well, how many, how many calories do you burn doing a brisk walk? Oh, lots. I'm sure that was a brisk walk. <laughs> Must have been. I'm sure I was gone for 20 minutes. Uh, whereas with the watch, there is you can hide. It just tells you straight up, no, nope, sorry, that was not 1,000 calories. That was only 400. Tough. Yeah. It, it's when it gets sarcastic and says, call that a brisk walk. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully it doesn't speak siri on the watch types at you the, the watch doesn't speak and that's just how i like it in fact the first thing i did with my watch is i put it in silent mode and a year and a half later it is still in silent mode my watch never makes any noise that's just how i like it yeah so i i i, I think this is quite a big future I, you know sometimes i think the tech press get sidetracked by this stupid nun thing of well it they seem to break the world into things that are as good as the iPhone or things that are worthless. And the Apple Watch is neither of those two things. It is neither as the same kind of runaway success as the iPhone, nor should it be. And it is also not worthless. It is, a, no. I think, a very successful product. It's just you've got to set realistic expectations. It's a detachable part of your iPhone, so only people with iPhones could even consider buying it. And it's not an essential accessory for an iPhone. So... If the ratio of Apple Watches to iPhones is the same as the ratio of Apple Pencils to iPads, they're probably doing okay. I think it'll ca- probably carry on to be one of those steady earners for Apple. It's, n- it's not going to be anything spectacular, but it will just be a steady earner. Well, it may it may slowly climb because if we, like if you look at it one year from now, I don't see much difference. If you look at it three years from now, probably not that much difference. But if you look at it ten years from now. Well, I would expect a fully-fledged, entirely standalone device. And then it becomes quite a different proposition. Because yeah, with, it's like not... a little, with a little floaty screen. You hit a button and, you know, you get to something the size of an, an, you know, a, a plus iPhone Plus uh, floaty, you know, holographic screen. Well, so I mean, you don't even need to carry a, carry a phone anymore. Right. Whether or not they have holographic screens or whether it's some sort of... Uh, talking to you through your AirPods or whatever, but I see the time coming when the Apple Watch completely cannibalizes the iPhone because it it transforms from being an accessory to being a thing entirely of itself. So like, in other like words, iPod it's, more, it's more than meets the eye. 
I think so. I mean, you know, the iPod used to be entirely dependent on your Mac. And in fact, the iPhone used to be entirely dependent on your Mac or PC. Without iTunes, you could not use an iPhone originally. You had to do everything through sodding iTunes, which was horrible and evil. But that went away. And you can now buy an iPhone or an iPad and never, ever, ever once in its entire life connect it to any computer whatsoever. That's true. And the watch will be like that, but it just can't be because we don't have the grunt to get enough battery and CPU and RAM and enough brains into something so stupendously small. But we will. And then all bets are off. I'm not convinced. Yeah, I'm not convinced in in all honesty, Bart. I think it will be a a watch with some, some nice extra functionality. But I can't see how anyone would want to replace everything pretty much with what's on their wrist. I mean, what if it's a maybe I just of, haven't got enough imagination. What if it's a combination of wrist and air and AirPods? So you're you, basically as long as you have your watch vaguely near you, you can do all of your stuff through voice through your AirPods. Sort of like what's that movie? Her, you know, your your AI is in your head, but actually your watch is where it happens to live. But as long you know, it just has to be near you. And maybe they won't all be watches. Maybe some of them will just be bracelets or whatever somewhere to house an ever-present tech that's with you at all times. Maybe. Maybe. As I say, a bit It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, any, anyone want to say anything else on watches before I move us on? I'll take that as a no. Um, story number two is that Apple have done something very unusual. They have... Well, they said they would open up and then they proceeded to so do... So Apple are now going to be making academic journal papers, publishing academic journal papers in the area of artificial intelligence or AI. Uh, And they followed through. So they have actually published a paper. Now, the paper itself isn't all that exciting, except for the fact that it is proof that that they are actually going to let their staff publish academic papers on this field which is very un-Apple-like, but very positive. Uh, and it will make it look a bit less like Apple aren't doing anything. Um, because at the moment, it just looks like Apple aren't at all active, whereas, as we can see from the fact that they now have research papers published, of course they're active, but we just can't see. Yeah, something I saw that in that story that I found interesting was that uh, Tim Cook said that some engineers prefer to work in an environment where they're not expected to publish their results because i mean who wants publicity for the work that you do well okay publishing isn't really publicity well okay it is publicity but publishing is an awful pain in the backside as well um i I spent some time in academia and writing journal papers is not my idea of fun it gets in the way of research in my opinion but it's the you know it's also i guess you can't be an academic without publishing but yeah an interesting theory was postulated by uh, John Martin John Martlaro over on the Mac Observer. Based on a sequence of events, he thinks Apple may have been told either open up about your AI or don't expect us to let you test your AI-driven cars on the road. So it may be that the US National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, whom I had never heard of before, may have actually I've, pushed I've Apple into doing this. It's not a. It's not even like it, it's being put forward as a hypothesis because there is no proof other than coincidence, and coincidence might just be coincidence. Hmm. Hmm. The, the reason I hesitate is because of the the way Uber has seemed to have just gone full steam ahead and started testing cars, and they're told to take cars off, and and just seem to be carrying on. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I can see why people enjoy when Uber stick it to the man. But yeah. Yeah. Uber oh. have now basically been cavalier with human life. Yes, agreed. And so, that that that's that's not putting it to the man, that's breaking putting it to law. everybody. Yeah, that's just breaking Wheaton's law. That's being a dick. Correct. Uh, and as a cyclist, I am extra miffed that they were told their cars had a fatal flaw, that they would go careening through cycle lanes, and they put them out anyway, and lo and behold, they went careening through cycle lanes. 
Anyway, sorry, that's, that's, I, I was very angry at Uber during the, during the month. Yeah, so so the, the reason, the re- I, I, and I agree with you, um, Bart, completely, and he said, guy then, oh, slap my wrist. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with you Don't totally. American. And, and, that's, <laughs> and that's why it's just an automatic reaction, you see. I, I podcast too much with the guy. Um, and that's why I'm slightly hesitant about this. Or Apple are actually playing it absolutely down the line, and it just goes to show how much Uber aren't which could be the case yeah i don't yeah apple are too smart i think to to go against the government on yeah on true. their their smart curry stuff i think they're, they're going to play ball apple don't as long as as long as they start manufacturing in the in the u.s that's fine <laughs> are you bringing up the story i intentionally <laughs> left out of this month's show sorry because no, I no, 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 no 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 we'll, we'll do that next month We'll do that next month when he's president. I'm sure. Look, I am pretty sure that over the next four years, there will be ample opportunity to talk about, <laughs> you know, a certain... His Trumpiness. His Trumpiness and Apple. I am sure those two will come into contact throughout his presidency. So I've just... Yeah, it's he met Tim empty. Cook, and I'm just not interested in talking about it because he doesn't have any power yet. Um... Something that we weren't sure would come, would have any power, but has actually managed to come out just in time for Christmas, is the AirPods. Assuming you were very quick off your mouse, you could have potentially ordered one in time for Christmas. Sorry, a pair, not just one. Um, and apparently people are liking them very much. I fix it, tore it down, and shock horror, apparently... These things are not very repairable. Oh, my word. I fix it. Get a grip. <laughs> Have you seen how big <laughs> these things are? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I do get annoyed with I fix it at times. You mean I can't upgrade the memory in the AirPods? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely not having one. I understand where they're coming from, and I totally agree. But if anybody wants to go and get their ear... I, I suppose the cost is quite high, so you would expect some sort of... Um, durability and possible repairability, but they are tiny things. Come on. Apple's approach is that you can buy a single ear pod or a new charge case as a standalone unit for, I think it was $60 or something like that, or $69, something like that. So that seems reasonable to me. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So if you lose one, you've not lost both. If if I can't change out the hard drive in my ear pods, I'm not going to buy one. It's actually the most impressive thing from the iFixit teardown. I mean, yeah, they give it a repairability score of 0 out of 10. Yeah, okay, we get it. <laughs> we get it, right? But the most interesting to me was it was seeing how much brains have been it's so very carefully squeezed into that sleek little case. And that's that's what they're good. Kudos to iFixit for that. Yes. yes, I mean, at the end of the day, the repairability score is just a thing they do. I like the iFixit teardowns because they let me see inside products without me having to spend thousands of dollars buying Apple stuff. <laughs> it's a big service they provide. Um, someone, I can't remember, I was listening to a podcast where someone was standing in line waiting to get a pair and they were standing in front of the iFixit guy. Uh, and the iFixit guy was like, I'm really sorry, but I, it looks like I'm going to get the last pods and I'm going to destroy them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. rub salt into my wound, why don't you? <laughs> I, I think it was more of a I, I may have I'm not sure I told the story quite as, as it was in the podcast but basically the guy was like no 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 I love what you guys do uh, <laughs> yeah so said the iFixit guy on his report um, <laughs> yeah um, I don't like the standard shape that they've come out with these ear pods you know the ear pods that came out before the yeah the, the same shape as the existing Apple yeah ones. and they really don't fit my ears they, they you know I get it becomes sore. It actually starts becoming uncomfortable after a little while. So, unfortunately, I'll never know just how good these are. Now, Apple do do some. Uh, do, do they do Dr. Dre? Do they do a version? There's, there's Beats. There are Beats headphones Beats coming Beats. out with the W1 brains. But don't they have one in already? I think. Do they not have? They, is it one with the W1 or do they have Beats out that are lightning? I can't remember. No, I think they might have. Yes, there are some. There are yeah, there are some Beats headphones that use the lightning connector. Yeah, but no, but I thought there was some already out with the the W one, but I'm not sure. But anyway, so those I might try if they're earplugs. But these, the AirPods or AirPods, no, they don't fit my ear for some. 
I, I think the, the reason that Apple earphones don't stay in my ears is because the cables keep pulling them out as I move. But I'm not sure. But either way, I have switched to bone conduction and I will never, ever get a headphone that goes into my ear again. Ugh. Sorry, it's just disgusting when you can just have something that touches your head and you magically hear it inside your yeah. head. Yeah. I've never tried them, so. Yeah, I, I do that without earphones or, or headphones. Speakers? There's all kinds of voices. <laughs> hmm. Can you play and pause them, though? Well, of course. Oh, well, they then. let me. Uh-oh. Um, any, did anyone actually buy a pair on the panel? <laughs> Sounds like a resounding no. <laughs> okay. Nope. I, know, I know people who have bought them are happy with them, and I don't think I've heard any negative reviews other than the usual, ooh, they're expensive. Yes, they are. And I fix it, can show you why, because they're full of stuff. Okay, uh, the final story I have is potentially cranky-inducing. Um, <laughs> it would appear that there are there is certainly a MacBook Pro battery controversy. Whether or not there are MacBook Pro battery problems is much less clear. So users are certainly reporting that they're not getting as long of a battery life as they expected to, or as, as Apple promised from the MacBook Pro, the new MacBook Pros with the, the, the fancy pants touch bar. Um, however, other reviewers are saying that actually, yes, if you 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 know if you if you do mad things that absolutely hog the CPU and stuff, of course you burn through the battery more quickly. But Apple are saying you know ten hours in typical use, and what you were doing wasn't typical, which is why it didn't last that long. Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, Consumer Reports then decided to throw some mud into the water uh, while attempting to clarify things. Um, They did some tests, and their tests basically were garbage because they produced an inexplicable result, which they proceeded to not explain and then publish anyway. So their tests were showing battery life ranging between 3 and 18 hours. 18 hours is impossible. Like, if you turn on a MacBook Pro and enable something like caffeine to stop it going asleep, it will die before 18 hours. If their tests are showing 18 hours, there is something wrong with their test. That is impossible. And they also didn't actually try to figure out why they were getting such varied results. Is their test flawed? Is the laptop flawed? Maybe both. Maybe neither, you know, at least one, but maybe both of those statements is true. So it just seems to me like there's... <laughs> It's, things certainly can't be as bad as Consumer Reports say they are because then everyone would be noticing this going on, but that isn't what's happening. So, I don't know. And then Apple muddied all the waters by removing the battery uh, time remaining from their um, menu bar in, in the latest <laughs> yeah. OS ten. Now, the menu bar time has always been fiction because it's based on what you're doing now rather than... I mean, it can't know what, what? you're going to do in the future. So mine, you know, in the course or of a it? meeting, mine can swing from three hours to 12 hours to three hours again. I mean, it, it's it, it's always been fiction, but anyway. So what do people think? Storming a teacup. Yeah. This, there's, you know, every single time Apple comes out with anything new, you've you've got that certain subsection of the tech press that just, have to find some reason as to why this is the worst thing ever and Apple is doomed. Right. And the, the, what makes me cranky is that consumer reports have a long history of actually being a, a sort of a thorough pro-consumer sort of organization who really tests things. And for them to publish results that basically say, yeah, we don't know what's going on, mm. that that's like they've done half their job. Like, I, You know, for the users that experience the... Um, the, the poor battery life that that may well be you know a problem for those folks and they really need to go back to apple and say mm. this is not something's wrong here and then apple can do their research and find out and that will actually help apple in making sure that the battery life gets elongated moving forward anyway but wasn't mm. there a back-end story behind this part where there was a bit of and i'm not sure how accurate this is mm-hmm. where the design team and the marketing team were at loggerheads because one team wanted to get the MacBook Pro out and the other team wanted to do more design work on the battery. I'm not quite sure whether that was Oh, that didn't cross my radar, um, but that sounds like exactly the kind of arguments that go on within companies. And and that's kind of and what some people were hinting that that possibly 
um, you know, also could be in the background to this. But even so, I don't think Apple would put out a product which, you know, had really poor battery life because everybody measures battery life, don't they? Everybody knows from your previous piece of equipment. Yeah, you don't measure it, but you experience it. You experience it. So you know roughly how long a machine will last when you're doing a certain number of jobs. Now, is the uh, the touch bar at the top, is that eating some memory for these people and they're using it more than they realised? You know, it could be any number of different scenarios. But I think it's, you know, for those people who experience it, yeah, it's good, they need to get it sorted. But I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a storm in a teacup and, and Apple seem to be pretty good at getting their software to um, adjust to the utilisation uh, of the applications and, and the operating system. Yeah. Having said that, though, I mean, we do know that Apple have, uh, they've poo-pooed problems and then eventually said, um, well, actually, maybe there is a problem. Well, like or, we talked or, about. Sorry, they, would, they wouldn't have actually said there was a problem. They would have said uh, that, uh, that you're holding it wrong or that you, but, <laughs> but, but just to be on the safe side, we're going to issue this change that, 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 that may do something. And I, I think it's a bit of, you know, half of one and half a dozen, and half a, um, half a dozen of the other. It, sometimes Apple do make mistakes, like all companies do, right. uh, and because they're not immediately upfront about it, sometimes then this kind of um, call it storm in a teacup, if you like, um, Gaz, it does happen. Uh, it doesn't mean that there isn't a problem, <laughs> but but it may be being exaggerated. And that's and that's what I was saying. For those people who have got that poor battery life, they, Apple needs to sort it out. For those people, they, you know, they need to understand yeah. what's going on, and it, it is either usage or there is a manufacturing flaw, or something wrong with that, you know, that particular um, item. Funnily enough, and it does happen, just, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You, you make a million of something, and you may have a few hundred bad ones. Absolutely. You, you know, they used to call it the Monday morning or Friday afternoon car, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, funnily enough, my iPhone just said low battery. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> it has been on all day, I'm just. Oh, okay. So. But, yeah, no, well, mate, but, uh, I, I keep going back to being cranky that Consumer Reports didn't do more like control for the simple stuff like, yeah. is it indexing the disk at the moment? I mean, yeah. if you take a Mac out of the box, the first thing it does is it indexes itself. So the first yeah. day you have it, you're going to have absolutely awful battery life because yeah. it's reading its entire hard disk doing it, it building an index of itself. If you in a, if you attach it to iCloud and you connect and you have 20,000 photos or whatever and they're sinking down, well, there goes your battery life again yeah. while you're doing all that in the background. And if Consumer Reports had, you know, opened up Activity Monitor and tried to understand what was going on, then this could have actually been a really useful thing. Instead, they've just gone, yeah, our results are garbage. I mean, between three and 18 hours. I'm published. Yeah, it's the, equi- it's the equivalent of saying something may be or may not be wrong in the report. Right. I mean, it doesn't actually tell you anything, does it? Exactly. And that, I mean... The, the report is definitely poorly done, but there may be a real problem here too. And unfortunately, the report, which should help us answer that question, As doesn't yeah. answer no. that question, which is very frustrating. I think that's the biggest frustration because, yeah, I mean, they have in the stuff like Bendgate, consumer reports were fantastic because they basically took different people's phones, they put strain gauges on them, and they measured how difficult phones were to physically bend with science and numbers and they found that the iphone bends as easily or as difficultly as other phones in other words there's no there there if you it, bend yeah. something it will bend and it's not like battery technology is new we know how to test it mm. <laughs> but it is getting harder though because our machines if you're doing nothing true. your computer isn't doing nothing true no correct correct and that's that's a problem which you need to control for and there's no evidence that they did which is yeah anyway Anyone else want to chime in before I move us on? Okay, then we'll just finish with a few quick stories that are worth mentioning, but probably not don't have as much beef to them. Um, a UK, or sorry, the UK Trading Standards Group tested fake Apple chargers, and you will be shocked to discover that ninety-nine percent of them could kill you. I, I, I just I, st- I, I had to laugh. 
bar because it said, I read it as testing trading standards in the UK find that 99% of fake Apple charges are dangerous. They could kill you or burn your house down. Now, I've, I've got to see, I've got to say, these are very, <laughs> these are very clever charges if they're walking around burning, <laughs> burning houses down and killing people. <laughs> But, but I understand it fire, just made me laugh. It just made well, me laugh. They're, they're, they're smart chargers. Yes. And they don't like well, people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's electricity. It's dangerous stuff. Yes. And yes. basically they don't have sufficient... What these chargers all have is a high voltage bit, which is where the mains power comes in, and then a low voltage bit, which is where the iPhone goes. And... The high voltage should never, ever, 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 ever come into contact with the low voltage. There's or... very often a reason for a price of a product. Yes, indeedy. And what you find with these cheap knockoff products is that they have, you know, there should be X amount of millimeters between the high voltage and sure. low voltage, because otherwise, if it's a foggy day or if you've had a shower and there's a bit of mist in your house, it will arc. And then the 240 volts, if you live here, or 110 volts, if you live in the US, will go through the 5 volt USB lead. And that will be a bad day. So, yeah, just in case anyone was still buying cheapo chargers, for goodness sake, stop. Uh, Project Titan has gone from rumour to sort of kind of fact. Um, <laughs> we, we had a conversation about this. Yeah, we did. So we Apple did. Have, they haven't said that Project Titan exists, but they have written a letter to the US National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration in which they argue that new entrants to the market or to the field of uh, automatic cars should have the same rights as those who are already in it for longer. So that's kind of as close as Apple have ever got to saying, yeah, we're doing this whole car thing and it's going to drive itself. But again, there's, you know, they haven't said... But yeah, that still doesn't mean that they're actually going to make a car. Right, it doesn't, yeah. Could be, you know, car OS, it could be anything. Yeah, maybe it's a washing machine. <laughs> Self-driving. Drives. Right, it comes to your office, collects your dirty clothes, drives away, does something, and it comes <laughs> back. Well, I won't buy it until it does dry cleaning as well. Ah, well, it could go to the dry cleaners. Anyway. Well, that's true. Um, Bluetooth 5 is official. This Rather, the standard has been finalized, and we are expecting Bluetooth 5 devices in the next two to six months. In other words, in time for the next iPhone. So, that's... so what's, I mean, what's changed between four and five? Uh, is it just less faster, latency. longer range? Basically, it's about less latency, more data. So better. Just, you know, ah. Subtle increments of betterness. betterness. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've come a long way from the days when all Bluetooth sounds like garbage. Yeah. And, you know, had a 20-minute lag or whatever. Well, not 20 minutes, but it certainly felt like it sometimes. So, it, it, yeah, it's not earth-chattering. It's just better. Do you know, I've bought a... I bought a um, battery um, PA system a little while ago. Yeah. It's just a standalone battery with some big, um, sorry, a standalone speaker with built-in amplifier and, and uh, stuff. But it's also got Bluetooth. But what's really weird is I can use I can use my iPhone to play through it, yeah. but it won't work unless I get it to forget every other Bluetooth connection. Oh, God. Yeah, there is an it awful lot it, of terrible Bluetooth chipsets on this planet. Yeah, so I'm guessing that it's some awful Bluetooth chip inside this speaker thing. Yeah, I mean, that's entirely on the speaker's end, right? If it needs to forget everything else before it'll work again. So what we're saying is not all Bluetooth is equal. Oh, goodness me, no. Yeah. Uh, I used to think I hated Bluetooth. What I really hate is terrible Bluetooth implementations. Because I now have um, a set of Trek Titanium Bluetooth headphones I absolutely adore. And they're Bluetooth and they work wonderfully. And I've had Bluetooth that was garbage. So, yeah. Uh, finally, in an internal Q&A, Tim Cook has reassured workers that Apple is committed to the Mac and that, quote, great desktops are coming. So that's something to look forward to really? in 2017. Well, I had heard that they were going to drop the entire Mac line and uh, just sell Bluetooth ear earbuds. <laughs> I'm sure Forever. someone said that. <laughs> I, I hope he just doesn't mean IMAX. Uh, well, yes, because that would mean that the wonderful, adorable, superb Mac Mini would go away. And I, I, I've had so many of those over the years. They're great little machines. I'd be very sad if I, I left. I honestly think that Apple should expand the Mac line as far as desktops go. Not just because right now it's basically you can buy three tiers. You've got the Mini, you've got the iMac, and you've got the Pro. And that's it. 
two and a half tiers because that pro is not very pro. <laughs> no, well, it's an old pro. Yeah, close to retirement. Well, I mean, there's a reason why I I I still have a uh, 2010 Mac Pro with, you know, all the drive slots and all the rest of that. And until I can't put the latest OS on it, it's, you know, I mean, this is an eight core friggin beast of a machine. And if you're not doing, you know, 5K video, it's fine. It's great. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, they have a very long life in them, those pros, for the simple reason that they're such beefy machines when they're new. But that, the fact that they're still charging the full price for something that's so outdated now. Yeah, four years old now. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Now, the only only solace I can take is that if it's still in the lineup, it must be because there's another one coming, because otherwise they just do what they did with their ancient displays and just take them away. Sorry, Nick, you're... I wonder I if they'll I'll... still be made here in the States. Oh, yeah. I think part of the problem with the desktops is that is uh, I hate to say this for Apple, but I think they've run out of ideas. Um, they, the, the, they've made beautiful machines, without a doubt. I mean, they're all brilliant, but I'm not sure they know where to go next. But I'm not sure there's any they can make to them go bit, They can make them a bit better, you know, each year and, well... Not each year at the moment. But no, I said it need to be every year because we're not at the stage where the PC is a revolutionary product. It is a mature product that just needs to be tweaked every couple of years. Very, very, very mature. I agree. I agree. But at some point, they're going to want to do something a bit different, or at least I hope they are. Because (laughs) do they need? I don't know if they necessarily need to. As long as we keep getting really good displays. Do you think that's the? Do you think that's true? Do you not think? But do you not think they're doing that with the MacBook Pro? With the touch, you know... They the, are, the, yeah. Well, something. I don't know. That just seems like halfway house to me. They, uh, well, I, it I, is I'm, true I'm, that we, I'm not we, convinced that the MacBook Pro is is that brilliant a machine, in all honesty. I think I think they'd... I think deep down they'd like to go to touchscreen, but they won't do it because they said they wouldn't. I know. I, really, I think that they don't go to touchscreen. I think it's a terrible idea. We don't have biceps like Bison. I mean, it's a ter- like a 27 no, you, you just change the ergonomic of the screen, just like Microsoft have done. Yeah, that isn't, that's working out really good for drawing apps, but people are not finding that particularly useful for, for, for other stuff. No, because it's not going to be right for everything. It's a, it, uh... Right, which is why I like Apple's idea of give, give you an acre of trackpad. I mean, at this stage now with, the, with that, with that yeah. MacBook Pro, it's a lot of trackpad. Make well, it even, even, the, even a magic, even a magic uh, trackpad is, is pretty it's good big. size. Yeah, I mean, I have an old uh, Apple trackpad, the first generation. Yeah, me too. And that's big. But then the new one that... And it runs it on Bluetooth. Bigger, it runs on Bluetooth. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, and batteries. It takes 20 minutes before the, the cursor moves, but yeah, okay. Yeah, actually, I, I find mine great, but... Um, I know, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, to, to me, I think that Apple are subtly innovating around, you know, bringing touch to the desktop without without bringing it to the screen, which is what I want, because I really, really don't want to be touching my 27-inch iMac for a start. I hate fingerprints on my display. Oh, you see, yeah. I mean, but the reason I think it's a halfway house is is because I heard someone talking, um, I can't remember which show it was on now, someone talking about um, ergonomics and, and about the fact that you didn't want to take your fingers off off the keyboard hmm. because that because that would be bad. But in my opinion, taking your eyes off the screen is even worse. If you're having to take your eyes from the screen to the touchpad and back to the screen, that, that that's even worse ergonomics. I'll, I'll be interested to see if in two years' time we've still got those trapment bars because I'm, I'm not convinced myself. Well, I think the one but, thing that is definitely not going away because everyone raves about them is the Touch ID sensor that comes with it. Yes. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, that makes sense, putting it on the keyboard. Do you think that, I mean, because... That you know the, the 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 new keyboard on the MacBook Pro that has the the little display on it. Mm. Yeah. Um. How how would that work, or how well would that work with a Bluetooth keyboard? Do you think maybe they'll go back to a, a wired keyboard, not only for power, but just for the the immediacy of using it? I think they'd have to go back to. I mean, I think they'd have to power it for real to have that kind of a thing on a keyboard for the desktop, and also. I'm wondering for the security of Touch ID, that's going to need to have a pretty robust encrypted channel between that sensor and the internals of the computer. Yeah. 
which we know in the iPhone there's actually a pairing between the chip inside the iPhone and the chip inside the Touch ID sensor, which is why you can't just take Touch ID from one phone and put it onto another. And assuming they have obviously done something similar inside those MacBook Pros, because again, that's it's all, one but yeah, unit. but that's all. That's a yeah, and well, and it's also it's a direct wired connection between yeah. them. So, so would Bluetooth four or five work with something like that? I don't think it would. I, I, certainly not the way Apple does things at the moment. So maybe the Apple logo in the front of the iMac becomes your Touch ID sensor. I don't know. Well, I'm still waiting for that iMac that I can use to cut cheese. So, Johnny, get to work <laughs> I, on that. The latest 27 inches are pretty thin. I'm not sure they're that far yeah. away from cutting cheese. Um, I know the, the, the first MacBook Airs could famously cut bread. People remember that, but they were quite sharp. Anyway, um, that's actually it for the show. Uh, thank you very much to the panel for you know giving of your time and bringing your good cheer and fun. Um, let me see. In reverse order, Guy and Gaz, do you want to tell the good listeners where they can find out more about you, bearing in mind that about 30 seconds from now they're likely to hear a jingle of yours as well? <laughs> Go ahead, Gaz. Uh, right, we're the G-men. Guy and Gaz, that's him over there, Guy, and me, Gaz, and we basically do a podcast, a weekly podcast, uh, the MyMac podcast, over at MyMac.com, you'll find it, and the MyMacPodcast.com, you'll also find it, and uh, every week we talk very intelligently about... And seriously. And seriously, Mm -hmm. and very, very intelligently, as I'm sure Nick will confirm, uh, about all things Apple. Um, Guy and Gaz never make me laugh. No, no, they definitely no. don't See? have soundboard. They would never well, play least, a silly clip. for a minute or two, anyway. <laughs> See, now you are tempting me to turn that back on, Bart. <laughs> I am. I should stop doing that, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I've been find... so good. I've been so good. <laughs> now, calm down, guy. Calm down. You can also find me over at uh, gazmaz.com or on the Twitters, twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. G-A-Z. Cars. Z. Cars. And, guy, you're some sort of parrot somewhere. Find uh, guy, guy at mymac.com, or you can also find me on the Twitters. Uh, my handle there is Mac Parrot. Ah! <laughs> stereo. Yeah, it's and stereo. Not over Bluetooth. <laughs> Just the mere mention of the MyMac podcast brings insanity to any podcast it's on, clearly. Uh, Nick, do you want to give Well, actually, I, I would like to say that this will probably be the absolute last time that Bart has Gaz and myself on at the same time. <laughs> I don't think so. You, <laughs> the fact that the silliness is entirely confined to the outro was fine by me. It was good crack having oh, you guys okay. on. It was, it was a good show. So, no, I think you'll be on again. I think. All right, good. You can You're be serious for about... <laughs> yeah, you can be serious for about seconds. one minute. Sorry, one hour and 11 minutes. That seems to be the limit. Which is, which is where the Skype call is now. Uh, <laughs> ooh, where was I? Yeah, so Guy and Gaz, my Mac. Nick, where can people find more of you? Um, they can find me on Twitter very occasionally. Um, and you'd find me at Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. Excellent. Ah! Oh, wait, no, that's not right. That's about it. Yeah, uh, how do you do a sound <laughs> effect for a Spligosh? <laughs> well, I just did a parrot noise. I figured that works for everything. Possibly. It sounds like a splash. Only some sort of special splash. Anyway, uh, you will find detailed show notes over at lets-talk.ie, basically links to all of the stories that have informed our discussion or not. Um, And while you're there, you'll see three large blue buttons under the heading support the show. I very much appreciate it when people support the show. Um, You can give a one-off PayPal donation or you can sign up to Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a way for you to pledge X small dollar amount per show I manage to get out. There will be exactly two shows a month. So if you'd like to give me a dollar a month, pledge 50 cent. If you'd like to give me two dollars a month, pledge a dollar. You get the idea. Um, And I always have a special thank you for the Patreon patrons because it is literally true that without the support I get on Patreon, this show and the photography show simply could not exist. There is guaranteed money coming in. There are guaranteed bills coming in. One gets put towards the other and all is well with the universe. Um, so thank you very much to all of you. Uh, also then there is a Zazzle store where you can get some Let's Talk uh, merchandise, particularly nice insulated coffee mugs. I use mine every single day to keep my coffee warm. And also t-shirts and various bits and bobs, which, you know, basically I get a few bob and you buy stuff on the Zazzle store and then you become a walking billboard for the show, which is always good. 
And then, of course, the simple stuff. Review us on iTunes. Tell your friends. Tweet about us. All that kind of stuff. It all helps and it is all very much appreciated. Anyway, I have been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at bartb.ie. The very best wishes for 2017. And until next time, happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Everybody, please stand by to stand by. And, uh, well, we'll be right back. And welcome, everyone, back to the MyMac.com podcast. All right, so 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 let's um, let's carry on. But I'm still laughing about something that happened just before we started recording, and we're going to talk about that right now. I don't know if you you heard, guy, but Sal <laughs> Sal Segoin, did you know that? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> He's leaving Apple. It's a tragedy for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, this is not going well, is it? We are so childish. We, we are. Really are. It's the G Men on the MyMac.com podcast.